This is The Legal Impact, the weekly show presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. Now accepting applications for JD and graduate programs. Learn more and apply at law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or hosts and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire and UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead, and we are continuing our series from the Intellectual Property Summer Institute, also known as IPSI, here that we have every summer at UNH Franklin Pierce. You can learn more about the program at law.unh.edu slash IPSI. Today I'm joined by adjunct professor Ilka Ronasso, uh, senior vice president at the Marconi, Marconi Group. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's just start off with, so we're going to be diving into patents around SEPs and FRAND and various business aspects of it. But uh, what, do, what do you do at Marconi and what does the firm uh, focus on? Yeah, Marconi is a uh, small specialized um, uh, firm. Uh, we focus on being intermediaries between licensors and licensees uh, in patent space. Uh, our main focus right now is um, um, uh, communication technologies and video technologies. Awesome, which is where our current IP Center Director, uh, Mickey Minhouse, also is, sure. is at. So you work with him over there, which is cool, and focusing on these exact things. And uh, what's your background? Like, you've worked for uh, in, in industry before, right? Sure, yeah. <clears throat> My background is I'm, I'm, a, I'm a business lawyer by training. Uh, I worked uh, for more than 20 years for, for Nokia in Helsinki, Finland, where I was uh, heading the, the IP function for, for a number of years. So something the IP Center this uh, last few months has had a focus on is the issues around uh, SEPs and FRAND. And we even had a conference up at the, the Omni Mount Washington Resort uh, mm-hmm. just a month and a half ago, which, which was amazing to get all these experts all in the room. Um, but to start off with a baseline, what, what, do you, what do we mean when we say standards, essential patents, and FRAND? Yeah, in, in 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 certain areas of technology or, or business, there there is a standardization. Usually, in order to have interoperability, mm-hmm. so that you can make a, a call from Apple phone to a Samsung phone, uh, we need standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, standards uh, development can be an, uh, quite an intense, long-term process. And p- uh, pa- companies who participate in that usually participation is open for everybody, but. Uh, since it may require a lot of uh, investments, uh, there are some companies that invest more. And during that process, uh, uh, you create inventions and you patent those inventions. And the standards organization, they have developed rules on, on try to avoid the, the situation where somebody would say, no, actually, I don't license my patent. So uh, there are rules that uh, those who participate, they commit to make, uh, to, to license their patents on fair and reasonable and non-discriminatory or friend terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, much of uh, what's ongoing with, uh, with these standards-related patents uh, is about what, does, what are those friend terms and, and what does friend mean. And something that's, as someone who works in the tech field and, te- and communications field, uh, like USB-C is, I'm assuming, one, an example of this, where there's a council of companies that came together, established a standard, yep. and worked together on the patents. Uh, the, uh, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 and there are different flavors of this. USB may be something that uh, companies come together like once and they set a standard. Some of these communication standards are like... Uh, uh, you have three or four thousand uh, changes to the standard every year, mm-hmm. 
and that has been going for for like 30 years now so so meaning that that there are somebody calculated 50,000 uh, contributions to those standards so wow. so those are uh, it's it's like an area of its own uh, so uh, sometimes it's thought that there are standard setting and then there's standards development and this development activity is an ongoing effort and i'm assuming there's tons of industries in realm, in the realm of technology and outside of technology in the realm of hardware as well as software Yeah, there, there, there are. I mean, obviously, this type of formal, formal standard setting or standard development with uh, patents related to that is one way. I mean, one way of uh, of, of creating industry norms is, is open source software, uh, mm-hmm. and, and of course, in the software area, you have a lot of interfer- interface related issues, uh, and they most of the time they chosen not to have formal standardization. They share um, um, uh, their interfaces in in some other fashion mm-hmm. uh, but um, uh, particularly in this type of uh, uh, say video coding uh, video compression and then communication technologies this uh, formal standardization and formal definition of interfaces between between devices has, has a long tradition yeah I mean you think of your video codecs that are out there sorry techno codecs so your video files that are out there the format that they're in the order the ones and zeros are in the containers that are in it it's if you have multiple Uh, if if every company is using a different one, that means it's you have to use proprietary software interfaces in order to to view the videos. Sure, sure, and 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 just the overall technical problems are are fairly easily articulated. Mm-hmm. In video compression, you want to you want to compress your video file better so that actually mm-hmm. your your gigabyte video clip doesn't kind of take gigabyte when it's transferred it's, be, right. it's being compressed to, to a, a smaller file and the question always is how small can you compress without losing the quality and and, and obviously everybody needs to use the same form of compression kind of the, uh, at least uh, there are a couple of competing so it's not entirely exclusive and then in the communication It's about kind of can you get faster connectivity, more reliable, faster connectivity. And how are generally speaking these standards set? I mean, how often is it done by governments? How much is it done by private industry? How much is it just done by an individual company? Um, um, very, very few are actually formally set by governments. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was just a, in the past week, I think, uh, kind of European Union decided that there needs to be a, 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 a kind of certain type of, of connector to a phone to charge the right. kind of the, uh, that, and that's unique. Usually governments are like overseeing and then they let uh, private parties to, to come up with the best solution. Yeah. Um, um, uh, both video and um, and uh, connectivity, most of the time, it's in a way collaborative effort. People come up with a proposal. There are technical discussions. Maybe things are being tested, and the thinking is that that the best solution ultimately will be will be chosen. And 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 because of the complexity, um, companies can contribute bits and pieces uh, to that. Um, there are then sometimes kind of that individual companies come up with their uh, own solutions. Uh, usually these are like one time off type of things that you 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 set a certain certain uh, uh, standard kind of there and there is a voting whether we you vote A, B and C and then some of those uh, proposals may be from the individual companies. 
the big thing, especially with regards to the European Union, European Union one that you mentioned just a minute ago, is Apple with regards to their Lightning connector oh, yes. versus oh, USB-C. Yes. Are you able to, uh, with your clients and everything? I don't know if you're able to dive into that specifically or give another example. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, the the traditional way is that um, you define the specification, and then uh, companies can have their individual implementation. Right. So, so traditionally, it was fine whether it was Apple or some other company. Uh, you go years back, you have a, a number of different chargers, kind of. Uh, obviously, now now with all, all these sustainability questions, I think there's a political pressure that. Uh, that uh, the 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 number of different chargers that you have at home or at work kind of could be reduced, uh, and 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 I think this is like a political decision driven by the by the sustainability con- concerns. Uh, um, uh, I don't have any insight on them. Kind of, I'm sure that uh, Apple may have had a different view on this. Uh. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, this Apple's a prime example of like we're going to do our own thing. This is the standard. Sometimes it'll feed into other companies. Sometimes it won't. And sometimes they'll use a thirty pin connector for 20 years oh yes oh yes, oh, yes. <laughs> um and there's a there's a level of consumer protection uh, i'm assuming built into this also yeah i, I mean the, the the thing is also the, the kind of a, the, there is a cost to the consumers if you have to have a every time you have a uh, have a new device you have to have a new charger for instance mm-hmm. or any other kind of other you need to have a new uh, new headset, or you have to have this and that. Uh, um, uh, for I mean, there's a fair point that for companies it could be a good business to sell <laughs> sell all of those kind of other things when when they sell the new new device and 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 then then obviously when you come to the political level, you have uh, kind of there are certain uh, kind of things that drive drive the political decision making sometimes. So. I'm assuming many companies would like to be able to continue do this Apple route where they have that protection because there's a tremendous cost benefit because everyone's got to go to them with regards to the hardware, software, whatever the device is for repairs, which causes right to repair issues, obviously, which I'm assuming plays into this also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all kind of easy. I mean, yeah, and sometimes, of course, at the political level, you make a decision like this that the, uh, you you mandate a certain certain particular standard or way of doing things the it will have implications to the to the business and business models and uh, sometimes those implications are well thought kind of when the decision makes sometimes people figure out them later and 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 there may be some surprising implications as well some so what are some specific aspects that students in the IP realm or the business realm for that matter, just similar, we're talking about IP valuation uh, with Gordon Smith in another episode that they can listen to at law.unh.edu slash podcast, where um, there, there's all sorts of, if you're going getting your MBA or something, you're gonna be going into the business field where maybe you're involved with technology or physical devices that work around patents. Uh, what specific issues or things people should be looking out for if they expect to be going into this uh, industry. Well, well. First of all, the most of the standards are global in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, as I mentioned, video video compression and and communication standards. Uh, uh, the, the the same type of devices are 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 sold globally. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, if one uh, uh, kind of a, becomes active in this line of profession. Uh, it's uh, almost from the very beginning. It's, it's a global thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, uh, outcome of that is that you face uh, 
questions about uh, not only U.S. patents and U.S. courts, kind of, but you face questions about, uh, well, what can the European or Chinese courts do? And what type of implications? And, 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 and there's very much a dialogue whether, whether in certain global matters, whether it's a U.S. court or Chinese court can, who can decide kind of things. And, and so, so part of this is a, 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 a really this kind of global nature or international um, aspect. Uh, when, 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 when students uh, consider coming into this profession, there are, uh, there are two traditional ways. Um, uh, there are people who, who come through this uh, through patent prosecution. They become patent prosecution professionals, and at some point, uh, their patents uh, uh, that they prosecute are related to standard. They, they become litigated or they are licensed, and, and they are thrown into this. Uh, the other way is uh, a little bit like how I became originally to this is that... Uh, you, you are a transactional business lawyer and then you are just thrown to first to, to, to help in drafting the contracts and then you have more of a role in, in negotiations. Now, is it, do you expect this, uh, this concept to be as hotly debated as it is right now? Like, is this going to be forever, just the nature of evolving technologies? Yeah, to some extent it is, and the nature of this is that if you are a patent owner, you want to get the best possible compensation for your patent. If you make products, you like to minimize, and this thing that uh, I, I don't want to pay as much as you ask, kind of that drives all kind of activities. That being said. 90% of the all the cases are settled so it's a negotiation process and then litigations are are, 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 are there's a lot of publicity around those litigations but uh, they're also very expensive I'm assuming especially because they could be anywhere in the world oh yes uh, so they yeah they, they, they are I mean this that, that's why you see sometimes kind of the, the parties are big companies because uh, uh, because it can cost uh, tens of millions of dollars to have a global litigation in 10 different countries or something um, and um, and that's just the answer that's that's why uh, generally uh, those litigations uh, are not easily initiated uh, i think there, there needs to be a, a large enough uh, financial interest uh, on both sides anything else on the semester is that cover most of it no, I think this this is pretty much it. I think on the high level, so it's a, yeah. Yeah, we, I can only go so deep. It's <laughs> yeah. not a patent guy. Yeah. I, I appreciate you you joining me so much, adjunct professor Ilka Ronasto, senior vice president at the Marcon- Marconi Group. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Legal Impact presented by UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. To help support word about the show, please be sure to subscribe and comment on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Get the back episodes of the show and podcast links at law.unh.edu unh.edu slash podcast.